Thanks for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. If you if you are new to the podcast, I'm Lorenzo. I'm the host. Been doing this podcast almost three years now. We're coming up on a three year anniversary, so I got to figure out something special for that. We're also coming on coming up on 200 episodes. As you listen to this episode, I believe it is episode 187. So I don't know what we're going to do with that. Um, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't even have any ideas. I should probably figure that out because it's coming sooner than later. Uh, but we've we've been around for three years and we have almost 200 episodes because of you all. Uh, so thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing to everything, uh, telling people about it. Um, you know, we've we've done a lot. We've added uh, a podcast called Three Different Dads to our Nerdball Network. I think it's funny that we have this network, even though uh, it is me on both shows. <laughs> the other one just happens to be two other two other guys. Uh, also, in the work in the works is another podcast called My Dead. Uh, I know that was uh, previously put out in one quick episode, just to kind of give you a preview. There's a couple of people I've been talking to about coming on that, so hopefully we can get that going. Uh, that'll be if I can get it going and get some episodes recorded. That'll hopefully be out in the spring of 2024 uh just i kind of want to have those out ready to go and those will probably be in seasons more than anything so we'll we'll put them all out once and then you know every i don't know every six months to a year we'll put more out uh, but again you know we added stuff because it's fun i enjoy it people enjoy it and uh people that come on here uh enjoy it uh, as with this guest so uh this guest is someone i met um, he works for Lathrop. He was our contractor for Glass City Metro Park, where I work currently. He's been a big help there, become a friend. And uh, it was cool to sit down with him and um, go through his life. And uh, I'm excited for you all to listen. He has some pretty good stories. Uh, also, I'm sure he'll be back on uh, at some point to, to tell more stories. So I'm excited for you all to listen to this episode. Thanks again for always supporting, uh, supporting the podcast. Continue to like, share, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Hi, this is Ian Townsend, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Perfect. All right, Ian, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, we've We've known each other for, I don't know, like a year now. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've been, just so everyone knows, all the few listeners here, uh, you are the contractor for Glass City Phase 2. So we've had plenty of conversations, uh, plenty of, actually, uh, it was a lot of work stuff. And then we, get, we we find time, we talk about personal stuff. So uh, you've become a pretty good friend to me, helping me not only work, uh, but just chit-chatting. So I appreciate that. Because uh, you, are, you are like the number one person when there's an issue. Uh, like, uh, I'll just call you. We'll see if you can, <laughs> you can help me. <laughs> Eventually that's not going to be the case anymore. So I, I should probably start trying to figure all these things out. But you can always call me Lorenzo. <laughs> always. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the first thing I always ask people is what is something they've been nerding out about lately? Something, something, or not even lately, just a hobby, something you've been into. Uh, if it's something you've done all your life, uh, something, you just started doing, but just something that kind of gets you away from your job, like that you can do either you do it with your, just by yourself or with your family, but just something that, that kind of gets you away from the daily grind of things. Yeah. So for me, 
you know, uh, you know, I'd spend all day out there as we were building the park and everything. And, um, typically, you know, I'd come home and just kind of to decompress, you know, I'd get out in the yard, man, start trimming bushes, pulling weeds. And, you know, it kind of, you know, you, it's something about just getting on your hands and knees, digging around in the dirt and, you know, takes your mind off of the, you know, the day-to-day grind. So, you know, I've been doing that. I mean, but that was something I used to do even, you know, when I was in the Navy, if I had a chance to be at home and, and I could just go out in the yard, start digging around. That's what I would do. Do you, is that, so you said you've been doing that for a while, but now, uh, now that you're, you, you have a house and this is your thing, like, are there particular things you like about like this certain area of the yard or I like the grass, you know, it's such a dad thing. Like I, I, I mowed the grass yesterday and I drove off today. I'm like, man, my grass looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man. Like I'll be honest. I hate cutting grass. I yeah. don't like, it, but I do like, you know, like I got a lot of plant bled, uh, planter beds and everything. So like, I like getting in the beds and, you know, pulling weeds out and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, shaping things up, cleaning things up. Like that's, yeah, that's how I kind of get away. Do you have, is that, do you uh, have your, I know you have kids, do you have your kids out there with you? Do you make them go out there or you're, are they're just, are you like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to be out there and pull some weeds for a little bit by myself. Yeah. No, they, they would just get in the way, man. <laughs> hey. Well, now they're older, right? My, my dad used to always tell me, when we had uh, my son, he's like, hey, when he gets older, he's going to want to help you do things. It's going to take like 10 times as long, but you have to help him because at some point he's he, he just not going to ask you anymore. And, and so you got to you got to let him help you. And now as he's, he's going to be 12 next month. And now it's like, uh, hey, you have to do this thing, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works for most people. No, yeah. I just because I, you know it's a uh it's a relaxing thing for me i don't it doesn't even cross my mind to go ask him to be quite honest yeah i just go get into it yeah yeah well that's good that's good i i I always tell people like that question to me is important because i you know the last thing i want to do is be wrapped up in my job 24 7 like do i i like to have things and you know i do some would say i do too many things i have this podcast I, i do also like to work in the yard i coach football i coach my daughter's softball team like there's a lot of things that i do uh, but I always got to have this, I always got to have this work phone in my pocket, you know, right? just, just in case <laughs> it's never, uh, never totally gone for me, but you know, it's as we, as we continue to grow in glass city, you know, it, there'll be less and less phone calls, but it is important that to me that people have that ability to shut off. Even, even if it's just for an hour, just to go out and for, in your case, pull some weeds. Yeah. Do you have, do you get, besides from us, do you get like, well, your 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 people call you and text you after hours. Do you get a lot of that? I mean, so for you guys on this project, because Glass City, this was my first project uh, with Lathrop, and so you know when we came out of the you know the winter season, mm-hmm. I think, and we started running some of the systems, and I think that's that's when I started you know to the weekend calls, the after hours calls, but everything's kind of slowed down. And I think you guys are figuring things out and the yeah. parks are pretty smoothly. So, I mean, it, it does happen and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Well, that's part. I mean, we both know that's part of the, the job we have is to deal with those things and, you know, just having understanding spouses that, uh, that also 
you know, helps too. Like, Hey, I got to take this phone call or today. Like I told my wife, like, I got to run into work real quick. Something's going on. She's just like, all right, see ya. You know, like, yeah. cause there's some of those people are like again, or can't they figure it out or this or that, you know, she's, and, but she also works. She's, she was actually working on her computer doing work stuff uh, when I left. So she, Herself, she yeah. yeah. So she does that kind of stuff too. So it, it helps it, it makes it a little easier that way. Yep. Um, I know from, from talking to you, uh, you said you grew up around here, right? Yep. Born and raised Toledo, Ohio. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what, what school did you go to? You went to city school? Yeah. I went to Scott high school. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then, it was, you know, I think we started talking about football and stuff. And that's when you said you played. Um, did you did you play football from a young age or did you start like in high school or, or when did you start playing football? Yeah, I think I started playing like I was like nine or 10 years old. So, yeah, I started out. I grew up on the, the north side of town. And so, you know, I started out over there and, you know, Little League, junior high and then high school. And then I got recruited to go to college. And, you know, it was uh like that was that was my love you know yeah i know yeah i played it when i was i, I played for the uh reynolds corners redskins when i was yeah uh, my nephews was, play there now <laughs> oh, do they? yeah yeah so I, I i played for them my older brother played and that's really the only reason i played at first uh because every season i'd get halfway through and i would cry because i didn't want to go to practice anymore <laughs> my dad's <Yeah>. like <laughs> my dad's like you you got to finish it you got to finish it and it was like three or four years or like about three years that that was the case like i played because my brother played and then once he was gone i'm like all right well this is still something i want to do and as i got older you know i started liking it plus i was always bigger than everybody so it made it more fun yeah. because i i no one was there to push me around you know so uh, but I, I enjoyed I enjoyed football. Um, how was your how was your recruiting experience? Because I, I got recruited a little bit. Uh, I got a couple preferred walk ons. But how was how was your recruiting experience? And were you able like looking back now? Where did you think you you took advantage of all the opportunities you had? Because I know I didn't because I had no idea what I was doing. But um, but but what was the process like for you? Uh, you know, for me, it was interesting, man. Like I. Um... I had, you know, the big like hockey Nike bags. Yeah. The big bags they carry. So I, I had a bag like that, plus like another smaller Nike duffel bag, plus like six Nike shoe boxes, like full with letters, you yeah. know, from all over the country, man. And um, you know, it was a very exciting time in my life. It was quite the adventure, man. And um I mean, you know, I used to have coaches would come up to Scott High School, man, and they call me out of class and I go meet coaches, things like that. And, you know, Coach Monken, actually, he's the head coach at Army right now. He actually recruited me to the Naval Academy. Um, and so to have that opportunity, I mean, it was just it was amazing, man. Um, yeah. And I, I was so grateful because, you know, how it is, man, you grow up, you plan the game and and like, you know. For me, it was a goal to, you know, get a scholarship uh, for playing football because, you know, my parents, you know, they didn't have the means to like pay for college or anything. And I, I remember one time, you know, I'm riding in the back seat, and uh, my mom and dad were up there talking, and you know, my dad he he put a rear view mirror up and pointed to you in the back seat, and he was like, <laughs> "Hey, man, you want to go to college? You need to get a scholarship." So, okay. And he just, and you know, I, that's one of the, the realest conversations 
uh, I probably ever had with my parents. They just told me flat out. I think I was in like fifth fifth grade, man. Really? Like, you want to go to college, you need to get a scholarship because we can't pay for it. And, yeah. you know, from that point forward, it was all about just I need to get a scholarship. So I think I lucked out there. <laughs> Were you uh, yeah. so so all, all these letters, everything, did you take? Did you take all the visits and everything that you were able to take? Were you able to do that stuff? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I took visits. I remember uh, actually, you know, going out to Annapolis, taking that visit there, which was was really cool. You know, got to, you know, meet the players on the team at the time and, you know, see the campus, beautiful campus. So, you know, place like that, man, you know, you go take a visit there like – it sells itself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Did, did you have any other schools that were like, that you thought that you might, might, you know, attend besides the Naval Academy? Yeah. I mean, it got to the point like my, you know, early on in high school, you know, cause you, you know, you go around the camps and things like that. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, man, I remember, you know, I had Northwestern was on the table at some point, you know, Ohio University, they were on the table. Coach Amstutz at Toledo, yeah. uh, back when he was there. Yeah, he talked to Coach Amstutz. And um, I mean, hell, you know, Jim Trestle, believe it or not, I mean, he came into Scott High School, pulled me out of class, kind of sized me wow. up. That dude, that that guy was short, man. <laughs> It was hey, it was so, man. I come into the office and like it was funny because when they call you out of class, like they wouldn't tell me who it was. They just say it's a coach here. Uh, and okay. I walk into the main office and this dude, he was there with his quarterback coach, and they both, both were like tiny. <laughs> I was like, damn, like TV really, <laughs> you know, they know how to work those cameras. But no, yeah. I mean, like, I had I had quite the experience, you know, coming up. Like I said. Very exciting, very interesting, uh, um, you know, and I just very grateful for it. So, so what, uh, what ultimately was like? Because you you played quarterback, so what ultimately was like? Because uh, as a as an offensive lineman for for years, it's like all right, I do my job. No one really knows my name. Sometimes you know this is just what it is. As a quarterback, everybody knows who you are. Everyone knows your name. Um, you don't seem like the kind of guy to be like, Hey, everyone look at me just based on, no. on the little, the little bit. I know no. you, you just didn't, you didn't fit that part of it. So that wasn't important to you. So, so what ultimately was like, all right, I, I'll go to the Naval Academy. Did you, did you, was that also a thing where you wanted to be in the military too? Or was that just like a, a, a secondary thing besides like, I'm going to play football and I guess it's going to be here. So I'll tell you, man, like, uh, First of all, you are right about me because I'm struggling being on this camera right now. Uh, <laughs> I do not like attention, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember, I was in high school back in, um, you know, my senior year, senior season was 2001. You remember September 11th happened in 2001. And I was, you know, when something like that happens, you kind of you, you reflect and it was just like, man, I mean, I remember they canceled the football games that weekend, like everything was just screwed up. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time it had ever crossed my mind. Like uh, military is an option. You know, you're a young kid trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. But never I never I mean, I had I had gone so far as to look up, you know, West Point, Annapolis, um, even um, the Air Force Academy and kind of just, you know, get a feel 
I'm like, what, what, what's that like? And so when Coach Monken came and, uh, you know, uh, started recruiting me, it was like it was it was really just the best option on the table, man. It's, you know, like I said, it sells itself. It's mm-hmm. the greatest opportunity. You know, you go to a school like that coming from where I come from. Like, yeah, it it you you go through that process. It just changes your life. So uh, very, very grateful for it. Did you have uh, other members of your family that were in the military? Uh, yeah, I mean, older generations. Yes, I had okay. an uncle, you know my my grandmother's brother um he was uh a, like a master sergeant or something in the army i mean he used to work in the pentagon things like that and i got you know several cousins who were in like the marine corps so yeah you know family on both sides yep how uh so you were there from from, from two wait what years were you there from then were the naval academy yeah so naval academy when i graduated in 02 I went to um, the Naval Academy Preparatory School up in Newport, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started there in 02, graduated in 03, and then I went on to the Naval Academy in 03 to 07. Okay. Um, and then, you know, got commissioned there. So, and you played, and you played football the whole time you were there? No, I only played like my first two years. You know, you know how it is. You get those injuries and stuff. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, college sports, man, is interesting. Like, it's fun in high school, you know, coming up as a kid, playing the game. But like when you get to that level, you know, you're going to find out real quick if you love that game or not. (laughs) It's a job, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I was going to say, because that's what what ultimately decided like, Hey, I'm not going to play college football is I liked it. I was, it was fun. I didn't love it. And I knew I didn't love it. So I'm not going to spend, you know, 14 hours of my day doing something I don't love to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, but, but on top of like you, it's okay. You're, you're, you're playing football, you're going to school and it's, you're in the military. Like that's a lot of, a lot of things like for an 18, 19 year old kid to like have to do right away. It's, it seems like a lot. Yeah, no, that, um, you know, like, not just football, just any sport. When you see students, um, you know, midshipmen, the Black Knights, man, uh, Air Force Academy, like, when you see those students, just know, I mean, people will say great things about them, but I'm telling you, like, it's tough. Yeah. Like, those, those programs, they are tough, and they're filled with tough people, um, and it's, you know, like I said, it was just, it was so eye opening, you know, going out to Annapolis and, and just seeing like the cream of the crop from the country. I mean, mm-hmm. the world, because you get exchange students too. I mean, it was just really, really special. Was there a point where you, in, in those years, you're like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think once. So I first, I, um, when I was at the, preparatory school um you know I got to the preparatory school and I mean you know I got voted team captain and all that good stuff you know what I mean like things things were going the right (laughs) way and then I broke my ankle broke my ankle you know I had a plate seven screws put in there they're still in my ankle and then I had a high sprain at the same time so I mean I was on crutches for like six seven months you know what I mean and then, so you come off the crutches, you know, you're doing all the physical therapy and everything. And then shortly, shortly after that, I, I'm finally able to walk again, start jogging. Well, then 
as I'm, you know, trying to get myself back together, I tore my PCL. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was just one injury after next. And it was just like, you know, finally get to the Naval Academy and, and, you know, it's just, it was, it was a struggle, man, trying to, you know, because you have to, the way I feel about it is, you know, like in football, man, everybody gets injured, but it's Mm -hmm. mentally certain injuries is like, all right, you know, how do you respond? You know, some people can get over that mental hump, you know, for me, I think I just struggle with that. I see. Yeah. I see that a lot, you know, coaching high school football and it, you know, it's one thing to have an injury. Like, like if you, if you tear an ACL, like the kid, obviously the kid's devastated. The season's over regardless of where he's at. And then depending on when it happens, you know, you're, the next season might be in jeopardy, you know, and you know, we, we had, or those kids that um, over the years, I've had kids that would tear something, come back, be with us for a couple of weeks, then their other knee, some tears in their other knee and they're out on a whole nother year. And that's just like you said, those compounding things is what mentally is like, I've been working so hard. I don't know if I can work hard again to come yeah. back to, I, I don't know what would, ha- what's going to happen even like it's something else could happen. And it is that mental part of it is probably something that, that might get overlooked more, more than just the physical, like, yeah, you broke this or tore this now get it now fix it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That, uh, that's a- <laughs> no, you're right. Man, and I've seen people, you know, have injury after injury, and they they keep going, and I get it. But you know, and that's more power to them, man. I got a lot of respect for that. But I know for me personally, it was a struggle mentally. You know, well, as you as you were going through the Naval Academy, and was there because was there something you knew you wanted to do, like in the Navy, or is it just like, hey, wherever they're going to put me, they're going to put me? Because I, I don't know. I, I just understand. I know. And I had a couple of people that went into the army and my dad, you know, for some reason, he wasn't one, but one of them. But for some reason, I remember having a conversation with him like, hey, if you go, if you decide to go into military, uh, my uncle would tell me this too. Like, make sure you you go into something that you want to do because they'll take you and then they'll put you where they need you if they if you don't have a spot or something. But if you're willing to wait and 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 see if there's things opening up or something that you want to do, then do that. So I, I don't know for you, like, what was the case? If it was there something that you kind of pinpointed, like, hey, I, w- I want to do this in the Navy. Yeah, so so at I don't know how they do it at other service academies, but at the um, <clears throat> at the Naval Academy, it's kind of like um, it's like the draft for the military, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? For, or for, for, you know, prospective officers coming out of, out of the Naval Academy, right? You have what's called service selection night. So every member of the class, uh, I mean, cause you got to know from Naval Academy, man, you can go, you can drive ships, you can be a Marine, you can be a SEAL, you could, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's options. There's people who, you know, there's a select amount of positions for people who want to go in the medical route. Um, there's just options, supply corps, deal with logistics. Um, and so you have service selection. And for me, um, it didn't take me long to figure out, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind like driving ships, you know, it was very, um, I don't know. I just, to this day, I just love being on the water, you know what I mean? Um, and so it was service selection. And then the real night, the real night where it's like draft night is is when we did ship selection. So then you get to pick, you know, we got, we got ships all over the world, right? So then you get to go up, they've got a board 
up on the stage and then everybody you go up and it's based on your your class ranking and so you go up in order and you pick your ship which one you're going to go to think about that i mean that's that's all over the world so like some people go up there and you know you might pick a ship that's in san diego so you know you know coming up here within the next year you're gonna you know end up in san diego or you know you may pick a ship that's in road to spain you know mm. it was just it was a really like that's a cool experience you know what i mean yeah um, and i saw it from the midshipman side and then i saw it from the you know commissioned officer side where we would set up the program for the the then midshipman to go up and do the same thing so it was it was in interesting it's really cool and i mean you'll have like ships captains come in captains of ships you might get commodores admirals like every is a lot of like people they show up i mean it's a it was a big deal where in uh, the community yeah yeah where where'd you end up at first then so my first yeah my first ship was a, a destroyer guided missile destroyer um ddg 72 uss mahan um and I, that was in Norfolk, Virginia. I met that ship in Gdynia, Poland, and, you know, on deployment. And uh, we came back home and, you know, I, I drove that ship around the world and back, man. I love that ship. So, yeah. Wow, that's that's fascinating. First of all, uh, I hate the water and everything that deals with the water. <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. Uh, yeah. We have those docks that we deal with. And uh if I go to, if I go, like when I walk onto the, all the way at the end of it and it moves, a little, I instantly get a headache. Like, I just, I don't like anything to do with the water at all. No. So it's crazy to me uh, that, that people do love the water because I have nothing but bad things to say. <laughs> I, I love it out there, man. I, you know, speaking of, I remember we were talking about something with those docks. If we still need to go down there, let me know. Oh, um, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, man, I mean, like I've, um, so I was a a, a boarding officer is uh, on, on Mahan. My first ship it was it's called Visit Board Search and Seizure, right? So, you know, you had an eighteen person team where you would go out and um, you know, depending it's a, it's a what's called a um, it's a warfare area or a mission area, and okay. which you you know sometimes you're going out you're looking for you know you do counter drug ops, uh, you know. Um, piracy, anti-piracy operations, you know, human trafficking, um, wow. all kind of stuff out there. And so you would take that team and we get in our seven meter ribs, little small boats, and we lower them into the water and we go over to another ship and we just take over the ship and we just start searching and we're doing all kinds of wow. stuff, right? And so I remember one time, you know, I got my team out there, we're doing some training out in, um, the Chesapeake Bay, actually in the Atlantic Ocean, just off the coast of Virginia. And uh, we're in the rib and I'm sitting on the side of the rib. And we, I mean, the water was flat. You know, we kind of smoking back to the ship. Yeah. Boom. And these dolphins, the dolphins love the wakes we create. They like to jump uh -huh. in the wakes. And so I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, man, like a foot away next to the boat is this dolphin and he's just going in, coming out, going in, coming out. So I reach my hand out and I just oh. I touch him right out in the middle of the ocean, right out in the wild. And it was just the coolest experience. Wow. And I'm touching him as he comes up and goes in, comes up, and goes in. They love it, man. Like That's seriously. Crazy. Yeah. When we like ships, 
when we would come up to max speed, you know, I'm talking about, man, you would see hundreds really? and hundreds of dolphins. Just, yeah, they'd just be jumping in our wake. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's it's. I, I was waiting. I was waiting to see. I was not expecting you to be like, yeah, I touched the wild dolphin. That's that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I thought it was cool when I went on a cruise one time. Uh, although as, as much as I hated water, the cruise was awesome. But we made sure it was the biggest boat they had because I didn't want to feel anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I thought it was cool to like just see them, and they were like miles, you know, way far away. And I was like, oh look, there's dolphins out there. But you were just right next to them. That's awesome, man. That's. Yeah, that's a uh, a cool experience, and then something like you're not. Uh, I mean, it's not like hey, look at all these hundreds of people. It's like you and you know seven eight other people are just like just a little little group, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, it um, makes you feel small. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but- yeah. Uh, um, I uh, you mentioned piracy. I always see these videos on TikTok um, where it's like um, I don't know if it's like a cargo ship or some other type of ships. And it's from the perspective of the security that they have on board and they see these little tiny boats coming and that's, you know, the, the pirates trying to, trying to take the boat and these boats are so small. And then these guys are just unloading on them with whatever guns they have, just firing into the water, just private security or whoever these guys have. But it's, I'm like, man, these people want these boats so bad that they're most likely going to get killed trying to get on these boats, but it's just, they're just unloading on these, on these boats. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, what's it called? That movie is called Captain Phillips. Oh yeah. Yeah. With Tom Hanks, I think. So, so yeah, the ship, I think it was, I think it was the Bainbridge. They came in after us and took over the, uh, counter piracy operations in the Gulf of Aden. So that movie, that ship you see in there, we were the ship playing that role in that theater before they got in. Like literally, We were, you know, we're leaving through the Red Sea, Suez Canal, like on our way out of theater, heading up to the Mediterranean Sea. Like we saw them heading in. And then I think before we even got back home from deployment, the whole Captain Phillips thing happened. Uh, Uh, But before they were out there doing counter piracy ops, we were out there like I've, you know, I've actually, you know, taken down some pirates before. Really? Oh, yeah, man. It was called uh, like at night. So you have over there in the Gulf of Aden, and we put this out to like all the merchants around the world. And and the the whole point of what we were doing in the Gulf of Aden, it was like, it's just all about freedom of navigation and ensuring that, you know, international commerce continue without any interruptions from, you know, things like piracy, right? Mm-hmm. So when ships were traveling through, and you have to understand like the Gulf of Aden was so important because the waters down at the the southernmost point uh, of Africa, the continent of Africa, you go down there like they're treacherous. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to travel around there. Same thing, uh, the waters down at the bottom of you get to the southern end of South America. Like nobody likes to travel those routes. Okay. So it's so important coming through the Gulf of Aden because if you go, you know, once you head south and try and go around these large continents, like it, there's an increased you know, probability that you can do serious damage to a ship or personnel, right? Okay. And so we had what was called the uh, the International Recognized Transit Corridor. 
And, you know, there was essentially a set of like coordinates and waypoints that we put out to, you know, civilian merchant traffic to say, hey, travel in this area and there's going to be, you know, some ships around. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, usually ships would would stay in that that corridor. I remember one time, man, like um, and I'll never forget this story. I'm out. Oh, I'm on watch on the ship. Um, you know, we're up there just, you know, patrolling at night. And um, there's nothing out there. We're just, you know, doing our little patrol in the IRTC. And then there's one ship that pops pops up. And I'll never forget, you know, ship pops up, little blip on the radar screen. You start trying to figure out who they are, what's their name, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. we get the names Prim Divya. I'll never forget this. I mean, this ship might have got, you know, we saw this ship initially probably like, you know, 15 miles away. And then she gets to a point where she's like, maybe four or five miles away from us. And all of a sudden she starts screaming on the radio and it's these little, these pirates, man, pirates coming to get them, you know, and they're they're over there, they're shooting at the ship, everything. So we go and, you know, come up speed, you know, just race over to them. And we're trying to find these pirates. This happens, man, it's like three o'clock in the morning. So we're chasing these things down. You know, we give a call to the Admiral and he gets some, some helicopters up. And then we launched our UAV as soon as the sun broke. And sure enough, we found them. The helicopters kind of went, got on top of them. And those rotary blades, you know, when they get on top of that small boat, that skiff, it just washes them out. They just spin in place. They can't move. Okay. And so, you know, so then I get off the bridge. You know, I've been up there from since two o'clock. It's like 630 now. So I've been driving all night and I am tired. And then I got to go down, I go suit up, grab all my, my Kevlar, my, my, my rifle, my pistol. And we go over there Yeah, we take them down, man. And, uh, I mean, they got, you know, they got rifles, pistols, machetes. They got all kinds of stuff on board, man. And, uh, yeah, we got those guys. We even took their boat. We strapped them up and we had, had a big, uh, one of our big supply ships. We brought them into it. And so rigged up their little skiff took it on board the supply ship for evidence, man. Like it was, it was intense out there. I got a lot of those little stories, man, where it was just, it, they were wild. These guys, they had these ladders and they, you know, they slap them on the ship at a low point where they can get on board and they had like grappling hooks where they could throw them up on the side of the ship and they just climb on and take over. Yeah. It was God. wild. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, yeah. what, uh, it, it in your mind like as these things were happening too you're i mean it's easy to it's the main thing is like these they literally have nothing to lose so what does that mean what what does that mean to me as i engage these people you know yeah well i think one i think we always got to keep in mind like when you think pirates you may think like johnny depp or something like that some crazy like pirates of the caribbean or something you saw on tv but no man like these pirate these like they're kids yeah they were kids man and it's and it's so sad because they you know they just they come from a place where they have no other options and you know you try and you know understand and be you know at the same time you want to be safe and make sure you get home too um and so it was you know there was a lot of thought that went into those types of operations for us um because you, you you had to take everything into consideration, you know. Um, but yeah, a great experience, man. Great experience. Man, that's yeah, that's wild. 
Uh, those I, are. So I, I want. I wanted to hold on, but one thing. So check this out. I remember. <laughs> I remember getting in the small boat, right? Yeah. So we get in our rib and we're heading over to, to engage. You know these these pirates or whatever. And as we're heading over, you know, we got them in there, hands up, hands behind the head. We've already communicated. Like, we've washed them out. They're sitting still. They're dead in the water. And so now we're heading over to go, you know, arrest these guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll never forget making this approach to this boat. And the first thing I noticed is there's a guy on there with a Dallas Cowboy jacket on. And I said, that damn Jerry Jones, I knew he was a terrorist. <laughs> Like this, is <laughs> I said, that's the first thing I noticed as a, as a Dallas Cowboys jacket. I said, I knew it, man. <laughs> no, it, it was, you know, it's so funny because in that moment, like in that moment, like it's, it's intense and it's a lot, everybody it's a lot of information you're trying to figure out. It's a lot going on. And it's, you know, you running through checklists and you making sure you're doing everything right. And in the midst of all that, I just see a Dallas Cowboys jacket. I just kind of smile. Like, you <laughs> Dallas Cowboys strike again. That's my team. <laughs> yeah. Right I, there. I, I figured I, I knew I'd get somebody. <laughs> Oh, that's cool, man. That, those yeah. those stories are are so like, they're both great experiences. But one is about touching this this dolphin that's awesome, and then having to arrest seemingly children, uh, and then both both in the middle of the ocean, just like, yeah, on, uh, from from a from A to Z on there, man. That that's crazy. Um, how uh, so, uh, how long were you in the in the navy? So I did uh, I did eleven years active duty. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, I know a lot of times like, like people will, will ask just, and it's all small life stuff. Like a lot of people have ha asked me before, like, do you regret not playing football in, in college? And I, and I say no, cause there, you know, I might not have met my wife and have my kids and all this stuff. And, you know, if, if you, uh, in your 11 years, I'm sure there was a lot of times where it's like, man, I wish that would have happened differently or I would have handled that differently. Um, is there anything that really sticks out where it's like, man, that, 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 that's kind of sticks with you today or any, any type of situation where it's like, man, I wish, I wish that would have went differently. <clears throat> Good or bad, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, um, from the perspective of school, um, you know, I'm actually, I wouldn't change anything, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Good. Um, you know, um, from school, I mean, by the time I was, you know, had made that decision, like, all right, I need to move on. And, and um, just from football perspective, it was just like, because the school was hard too. I mean, it was, yeah. it was very, very, it was a tough school. And so, you know, you get to that point, you know, I was young and, just trying to figure things out, man. And, mm -hmm. and I don't regret those decisions, you know, because probably wouldn't have graduated, you know, yeah. if I yeah. hadn't made that decision. I mean, in the Navy, you know, once I was commissioned, you know, I look back on my career uh, there and yeah, I got, I got no regrets there either. Sure. You know, but I had a blast and I balled while I was in, man. Like I, you know, learned a ton. Yeah. You, you, you know, if you ever want to know why you love me, Lorenzo, you can thank you can thank my mom in the Navy. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you've replaced uh, my number one uh, person that went to the Navy. Uh, my, it, it was David Robinson. Now it's you. So, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs>
They, hey, hey, that's that's a hard one to. Uh, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> well, mostly because I I don't want to pay fifty thousand dollars to be able to talk to David Robinson. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I did I did so many projects and so many uh, hero sandwiches we had to make in class, and every time I did one, it was about David Robinson. He was he oh, was no my, kidding. I'm a Spurs fan, and he was just so he he was my favorite athlete of all time. Like I I. I loved David Robinson. He, he never, to me, he never did anything wrong. Like never, there was no bad things. Nothing ever happened. Like he was never caught up in anything. He just played basketball. And as he was getting to the end of his career, I'm like, man, if this guy doesn't win an NBA championship, it'd be so disappointing. And then he ended yeah. up with Tim Duncan and got two. So, but yeah, right. but, but you're my favorite person that went to the Navy. Now, yeah. so. they, he, I mean, what, what they show, you know, in the media, like he really is a good dude. He's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. yeah, I just it's like because cause sometimes it's just those you don't see all that or it's one of those things like, hey, you don't want to meet your heroes, you know, because they're going to be they're going to be jerks, you know, but uh, he's not that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever in your travels? Have you ever met any famous people or whatever you would call famous? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've met. um briefly you know I, I i shook hands with david robinson before david robinson don't remember me but you know that was cool yeah, um, yeah. you know i've met um again i think i yeah, i'm shaking hands shook hands with roger Staubach. he would come back quite a bit okay um i'm just trying to think any any like presidents or anything places i'm uh yeah we uh commander in chief trophy went to the white house you know oh, you okay. all everybody gets to, to shake hands with george uh w bush was there when i went okay um and uh you know real quick like when you go for that you know so every yeah. year like the three academies the naval academy uh so annapolis west point and um Air Force Academy, we, we compete for the Commander in Chief's trophy. And so whoever wins that Commander in Chief's trophy, you get to go to the White House and you know meet the president, kind of hang out for the day. Dude, you want to talk about the best lemonade and sweet tea <laughs> I have ever had in my life, man. Like, oh man, this this lemonade, you have <laughs> never had nothing like it. Yeah. Like Chick-fil-A lemonade ain't got nothing. <laughs> White House lemonade, man. It's nuts. And you know what sucks too? Is what sucks is like you'll never be able to get that ever. Not again, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things like, oh, you know, let's say you're on vacation, you go to Hawaii or some or Alaska, somewhere you don't like it's far, and you're like, oh, I had the best whatever there. You can get yeah. it again. You just it might take a while to save money or whatever going on this trip again. But I mean, when are you gonna go to the White House again? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, Man, that's I crazy. Just, I got a lot of little stuff like that in my st- it's like I got I got that Forrest Gump story. It's crazy, man. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, well, 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 I definitely had to have you back on then. We'll have to have a, a Ian Ian story segment here, and just uh, just when, when you get time, just hey, I got a I got fifteen minutes. Let's uh, let's tell these few stories. And <laughs> dude, you don't want to do that. So no, no, we're so, as, lo- as long as you don't get in trouble. I, I'm so, here. For, I'm here for so, it. No, I'm not going to say anything that I couldn't say, but, you know, like, you got to know what you're getting yourself into, Lorenzo. I, I was a surface warfare officer in the Navy. Okay. You know, and surface warfare officers, 
you know, you get us telling stories, I will talk your ear off. That's like, fine. That that's what that's I, why I have a podcast. That's why I have yeah. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you there'll be there's a couple people that message me about particular episodes like, oh, this was a really cool episode or or whatever. And I guarantee there's gonna be some people that are like that you teed it up so much i think you've done it like three times where you say you have several a lot of stories about this where they're gonna be like all right we want to hear more stories oh man (laughs) so yes so it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be needed and people are gonna want it ian so yeah despite your uh lack of wanting to be in the limelight uh we will we will put you in there uh, a few times here or there so got you Um, oh, there was one more. Uh, oh, my famous people. What? What? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, as you get in certain places in your life, and you take for granted uh, being around a famous person or whatever. The past few years, we've had the pleasure of having Jerry Glanville uh, hang out with us. Uh, Jerry Glanville has been coach. He coached in the NFL. Coached, uh, I think, in the XFL. He's been everywhere. He's he's a Perrysburg guy, so he's just been around our staff for the past two seasons and he's and he just nice. shows up we talked to him he showed up at the game friday when uh the uh, opposing coach from southview came up to him and it was like uh and even jerry glenville's like you don't know me and he's like yeah i know who you are <laughs> like nice. it's, not, it's not a big <laughs> like yes you're kind of a big deal man so but it's cool because we can just like talk to him and i i sometimes i take for granted like i spent 10 minutes talking to him in pregame just chit-chatting we were talking about football and uh, joking about coming on the podcast and that kind of stuff, but it's it's like a cool thing when you get to interact with people like that and and you know and just be uh, he's a part of us and part of our program. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah. So when I become famous for doing this podcast, then you're like, and then everyone be like, oh, you get to go on Lorenzo's podcast. He's super famous now. And <laughs> respect. Tell your stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll see. We're we're coming up. Actually, we're coming up on my three year anniversary of this podcast and two hundred episodes. I think yours is uh, one eighty seven. So yeah, that's good, uh, cool, Rizzo. Yeah. yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely uh, again, Ian. Thanks for thanks for coming on here. Uh, I'll definitely have you back on because I I know regardless of what other people say, I know I want to hear those stories. And if I'm going to hear them, I might as well record them so other people can hear them. So got you. <laughs> Gotcha. So uh thanks Ian. Uh and I'm sure I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow. We gotta get that uh mommy mini mommy figured out. Uh but again, hey. you know, like I said, thanks for coming on here and thanks for, for all your help, man. You've been such a big asset to, to us and to me, and it's someone I can lean on. And I know regardless of when Lathrop's out of there, I know if there's any other issues I can uh, I can always call you. Definitely. All right, man. Well have a good one. All right, man. You too. Thanks a lot, Lorenzo. Yep, see ya. Thanks again to my guest, Ian Townsend, for being on the Nerdball podcast. A uh, couple, man, the, the two stories that stand out, the, the dolphin story and then the uh, the piracy story where he got those pirates. Uh, man, those are those are good. I, I can't wait for him to come back on to tell more stories. Um, I know I know everyone's going to enjoy it. it. It was a great podcast. And again, uh, a friend of mine that's been a big help to us at Glass City Metro Park helping us get through all our issues through construction and now as we were wrapping everything up um just a huge huge uh help i know for me it's i know it's a lot of it uh, if i talk to me or my staff you know we can't figure something out call you you know see what see what he can do and he always comes through and, and helps out if he can't figure it out he'll uh, he'll get someone out there so thanks again to ian for not only coming on the podcast but always being a big help uh to us at the metro parks 
Uh, guys, this podcast, like I said at the top, coming on three years. If you have any ideas for a three-year episode uh, or the 200th episode, uh, let me know. Shout out the nerdballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, search the Nerdball Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter or X at the Nerdball Pod. I'm still thinking about doing a Snapchat. So by the time you hear this, I might have one of those. But uh, let me know. I'll take any ideas um, of what you think we should do for 200 episodes and for three the three-year anniversary. So this is a one giant Nerdball community. So uh, let me know what you think. Um, that's it. I, again, I appreciate you all. You're all here. You're all w- willing to, to listen, download, uh, share your favorite episode, all that kind of stuff. So keep doing that. This podcast will continue to grow. I'm really enjoying it, and I hope you guys are too. So as always, thanks to Real JP Multimedia, Cuttlefish Graphics, the Parisburg Junior High STEM Lab, and Big Daddy Graphics for always helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.